0: It's about time conversations with Charlize and Yolanda where we bring our experiences and our expertise to the table to address relevant topics that impact our lives and our communities this is the place to be authentic be transparent and be inspired and guess what we have been on break for a while because we went on spring break when everybody else went on spring break amen 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 So we are always excited to have our timely discussions, so we do welcome you to our virtual table. And hey everybody, I'm Charlize Lewis. And hey y'all, I am Yolanda Mason. And today our show is going
1: to be a good one. It centers on marriage and the impact of past trauma on relationships. Um, And we think this is a really good topic and a relevant topic because In fact, many Americans, in fact, uh, according to NAMI, one in three Americans have experienced some form of trauma uh, or reported some form of trauma from their childhood. And so there is no doubt that a lot of adults live with the residual impact of trauma. And for those who get married and are in relationships or have children or have siblings, uh, we know from research and from evidence-based practice—that's um, the social worker in me saying that part—that um, uh, that residual trauma does affect our relationships in the future. Even if the trauma went back as far as our childhood or early childhood, um, there are still those impacts. And we can see uh, that trauma does impact our adult relationships. And so today we have two amazing guests. Um, We have a great kingdom couple. um, They are Patrick and Danielle Easley. Patrick is a pastor who also works in the real estate game and recently authored and released a triumphant memoir. And an amazing book that everyone has to have, titled Make Her Love Me, a son's battle with narcissism and abandonment. And Danielle is a minister, a psalmist, a recording artist, and educator. Um, The Easleys are college sweethearts and they have two handsome sons. In the book Make Her Love Me, Patrick outlines in great detail the traumatic relationship that he experienced with his mother and how that trauma has impacted his life and his relationships. Today, we want to explore the impact of trauma on relationships and how to navigate love, healing, and marriage. Um, So first of all, I just want to say welcome to the Easleys. Welcome, Patrick. Welcome, Danielle. We are so excited about having you all on here today.
2: Thank you. We're glad to be here. Glad to share this platform uh, with you all.
0: So glad to be here Thank you.
1: Thank you so Mm -hmm. much. Thank you all for agreeing to do so because I know how busy you all have been in the last couple of weeks. Um, Not only do you have your boys and your family and work, but Patrick, I referenced in the intro that you just released a book and um, I just want to give a testimony that it is an amazing book. I have the paperback version and I also have the Kindle version on my phone. I've been reading it, highlighting it, and I um, I actually let a colleague read a chapter of the book and that has turned into her taking the book so I had to let her know that what we needed some some support we need some coins so I told her she needed to go buy one so she's (laughs) going to be purchasing one from Amazon she really loves the book um she uh she actually does counseling in the clinic that I work in and so she really really liked how uh she's her so her Focus area, if you will, is CBT, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy. And so a part of that is thinking about the ways in which trauma affects what we call your first thought, your Mm -hmm. first instinct, the first thing that you come up with. And so your book really moved her and she really wanted me to tell you tonight. So I told her that I would. But I also told her that I was going to tell the whole podcast world that I need my book back and she's got to go buy her (laughs) own. So I hope she's listening. Hope you're listening, colleague. Um, But anyway, so we're excited to have you here. And I kind of want to just jump right out there a bit. Um, We've talked about this issue for years of trauma. Trauma is just the residual impact of all of those negative things that have happened to so many of us in childhood. I think that when we look at our community, we see a kind of stigma around talking about childhood trauma. And in thinking about why people don't want to want to talk about it, I always lean towards this idea that childhood trauma never happens alone. Typically, it involves other people. It can it can involve parents. It can involve cousins, uncles, brothers, sisters. It's not always malicious. Sometimes it's that the people that we were in relationship with didn't know any better. And so there's tons of things that stop people from being open about trauma. And I know that you all know that. So the first thing that I want to talk about is And I want to hear from both you and Danielle with this. What has it been like for you now that so many people have seen your story? And I'm sure thousands more will be reading it in the coming weeks and months. What has it been like for you two um, in your marriage relationship dealing with those residual impacts of the trauma that you experienced? What has that looked like for you?
2: I think I'll give this one to Danielle because she's the one, you know what I mean? She mm-hmm. was going to experience that impact because it would come from me.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. I like I, the honesty. <laughs> yes.
0: um, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know where to start so much. But um, I think, to to be completely honest, when I first read it, there were things in the book, and I shared this with Pat, I was like, I didn't even know he realized that. I didn't even know. I, I learned some things about my husband that I didn't even know. Not necessarily the stories, because I knew the stories, <clears throat> but I didn't know he had recognized the impact that it had on him. Um, and it 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 blessed me in a lot of ways, because I was like, you know, when, when you have a spouse that has went through so much, a lot of times... It has taken up a lot of the space, Um, you know, it's taken up a lot of the space. And I think that, um, which I was open to, you know, and I thank God because, you know, not that my life was perfect, but I had a life that, you know, a lot of people would call normal, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times I felt bad, you know, a lot of people that I was around didn't have such a beautiful life that God had blessed me with, two beautiful parents and a loving household. Um, And a a lot of that came into play when I met my husband. I was able to show him and model for him what a healthy home was supposed to look like. And that's one of the things that he fell in love with immediately was just uh, not just me, but the love that my family gave. And so it was easy for me to pinpoint things in his life that I knew was the residual of what he had been through. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times as his wife, I couldn't bring it to him or it wouldn't be Mm -hmm. always received. You know, a lot of times we don't want to receive things from those closest to us. Like those are the people that we fight a little bit. Absolutely. You know, or we think, oh, you know, there's <clears throat> something else behind it. So, a lot of times it would just be me taking it to the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. And I just show him, just open his eyes, show him this, show him that, you know, because I didn't want to nag and I didn't want to, this is not right, pattern this is wrong. You know, I found myself in the beginning doing a lot of that. <clears throat> and after a while, it would hurt him more than it would help him. Mm-hmm. So, I, I found myself learning how to pray about things. So, when I opened the book, <clears throat> And I saw some of the insight that he had gained about his past. It it was a blessing to me, too, because I was like, Lord, I've been praying that he see this, and yeah. now he sees it. I'm like, well, God, that's amazing. <laughs> I can't believe that, you know, I've been saying this for, for years, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took him sitting down and putting mm-hmm. it on paper mm-hmm. for him to really, like, like this, this, this thing has been a healing source for him, is mm-hmm. what I've seen, you know, Um he's been able to be open, and honest, and heal at the same time, as he's put it on paper, so it's, it's been me, you know, finding out, uh, meeting a brand new husband, and <laughs> sometimes, because wow. I didn't know that he realized some of these things, uh, or he's never wow. expressed some of these things to me, so it's, it's been a road, it's been a trip, and it's been beautiful, you know? Wow. It,
1: it, 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 well, first of all, let's just talk about how you just like opened up five crazy, <laughs> amazing points of view. Like, I first of all, I mean if anyone, for our listening audience, all of you all, Danielle easily knows so many people, and most of us know her as one of the most incredible singing voices in the country without question, without argument, nobody's fighting against that, right? But to hear her be able to speak in this moment, it reminds me that I've always known her also to be an incredibly sensitive and intelligent woman. What you said that was so powerful for me, Danielle, I'm going to take what you said and bounce it back to Pat. So you talked about this journey. So the first thing that I did, kind of dig out of that is that people who are going into marriage and this is something that I know Charlize will say amen to don't need to be thinking about this thing as this linear thing right this linear road what I heard you say is that there are ebbs and flows to the process no matter what your spouse is like right no matter if your spouse has had a a, you know mostly loving and 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 great childhood, or if they've had a tumultuous childhood. It, it is full of ebbs and flows. Patrick, when you listen to Danielle, though, to me, it was powerful. It touched me, so it had to touch you, talking about the love that she has for you and how that love pushed her to pray instead of mm-hmm. nag and to see those things that were happening in your life, but to present to you the kind of grace mm-hmm. that we as christians should model for our spouses um, i'm I'm really reiterating this because people are listening to us who are married. There mm-hmm. are couples who are listening to us. You all have been together for a long time. As I said, you are with college sweethearts. So you've been together longer than your ages might you know, uh, portray to some people. You've been together for a while. But to hear her talk about, I saw that something was wrong. I heard that some things were wrong. But to look at the length of this process that has gone for you well over a decade, How does it feel to hear her talk about giving you that space to be able to do that healing and for her to continue to love you through that process and pray you through that process?
2: Oh, my God. Um, It's super layered. Um, Number one, the first thing that comes to mind, if we had to compare it to the love of Christ, you know, that's Mm -hmm. what the love of Christ Mm -hmm. looks like to the church, is that he may not like us at times, he may be grieved by, mm-hmm. you know, us at times, but be beyond that uh, disappointment, beyond that grief, is a love that's mm-hmm. unconditional, that's relentless, that's willing to chase you down, and that's willing to give you space, mm-hmm. and that's willing to let you figure out this thing on your own until you realize mm-hmm. you can't do it by yourself, until you realize that you've, you know, you you've tried, you know, because for me, when we first met. It's really weird because underneath the trauma, it was kind of like a Romeo Juliet story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. we had this big layer of trauma that was sitting on top of it, but the love that we have for each other and with Christ being the foundation, Christ is the foundation, you know what I mean? And so it was mm-hmm. one of those things like we were drawn <clears throat> to Christ in each other before anything. Mm-hmm. And so when we came into agreement on on being yoked together in Christ, then it was like, okay, let's join forces. Like we the we the Power Rangers for real. Let's yeah. join forces and let's plow through all of these different layers. And I think one of the big one of the, the key turning points was when we had first started, when we first started out, um I was so my mom had so much control over me. I mean I was literally responding to I could little. I could be sitting in class and she could tell me, I need you to go get me a box of tampons. And I would literally leave class to go do that. Um, it was that level of control. And so when me and Danielle met, it was kind of like, here's the, se- the separation starts, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I found a peace and a comfort in her because it was almost like I say in the book, we literally prayed ourselves into each other's arms. Mm-hmm. I was praying for, for, for God to provide rescue and for, and it was weird, I've always known that when I turned 18, that I would, <clears throat> but it was the furthest thing from my mind at the time. We met, um, and when we met, it was almost like a, a tug of war, um, where we're spending time, but then we got to deal with your mama. <laughs> we got to deal with all of yeah. this that comes with us being together, and mm-hmm. she didn't know, and I don't even her parents didn't know that I knew. Like, I knew what I was up against. I could recognize what it was. I just didn't know how to break free from it. Yeah. Okay. And so when she yeah. recognized and realized, oh, okay, he actually does see what he's up against and what's going on and what the type of control and the type of manipulation and all of these things, okay, we can work together. We can we can work through this. And so that's where it started. Um, and so Danielle is... We're polar opposites. We are yes. polar opposites, which when we got together, a lot of people was looking sideways. Like, huh? <laughs> because we're polar opposites. <laughs> so you know, different. When we met, I was the type, the first thing that came to my mind, I'm going to say it. The <laughs> things that I learned from my mom. I, because before my mother came into the picture to that extent, my grandmother was raising me. So it was a little bit more, th- there was way more normalcy when I was mm. with my grandmother, but then when my grandma when my mother came on the scene, it totally turned my world upside down and inside out. And so I had become this whole other person that the world never knew. Mm. Uh, and so I, I, I had no cap, I had no filter, and Danielle <laughs> is so soft, quiet, oh, I yes. blood and everything. And here I come with this loud, bold, <laughs> you know. So we're <laughs> we polar opposites in that one. But yeah. there was something in Danielle mm-hmm. that 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 met me in the place of my brokenness and it was the God in her that connected with the God that was dormant and that had been covered with so much sin and shame and abuse emotional trauma that I couldn't see the light of day I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel and so when I connected with Danielle it awakened something in me
1: wow so, so you're yeah.
2: saying by her being, and and I and I want to yeah. make this point because
1: I think it's important for people who are listening. Just by her being her, she didn't do anything. She, she to was reason.
2: something. She, to she you. didn't have to try. She was right. She was already in position. She was already in, in in. She was already in position in Christ. Mm. Yes. And because That's she was beautiful. in position in Christ, I I mean, meeting her. I can't describe. It. I tried to explain it as best as I could in the book. <laughs> but it was it was literally a prayer answered. She yeah, was yes. a prayer answered. That is beautiful,
1: and and to think about you know before I pass it off to Charlize to think about that just in context of of all that you've been through I think that sometimes when married folks and I'm saying this from um, a clinical point of view now um, when we work with people who are dealing with a spouse who has a certain level of trauma. I just learned something new that I I know I will take into practice because I think what happens is they want a list of what to do okay he's doing this tell me what to do first second and third but what I really have heard both of you explain so beautifully and I think that it it really embodies the love that I've always seen in your lives and the light that both of you all have been to each other is just the fact that you've got to allow that person the space to maneuver and grow um even in their healing Um, even by continuing to love them pray for them you know and desire the best for them you still have to let them do their work because Danielle talks about that pivotal moment where you sit down and you begin now to reflect to write this book and then she gets that realization of no my prayers have not been in vain he has been listening that seed has been being sown so I, I just think it's beautiful where you all are and I love it I have to say this, you know, after reading the book the first time and I'm reading it now for the second time because that's just the way that I do everything. I have to take it in a few times. Um, the biggest thing that I love about it is that you all didn't come out of it with this horrible story. Like as I began to look at the Facebook, uh, like you all's picture, even even just your sons, like when y'all posted um, something to your baby boy, Joel, mm-hmm. Joel, um, mm-hmm. I saw the look on his face in the pictures and I thought, that is such a testimony to God. I can't even look at him the same anymore, or your other, your older son, the same, who was like your spitting image. I feel like the healing that they exude, the happiness, the joy is a testimony of what God has done between you, because the pain, you know how they say, it stops with me. Mm -hmm. You can see that the pain stopped with you, but but only because you paid such a high cost for it. And the cost was to be as transparent as you were. That's what touched me. I remember talking to Charlize, and I and I am getting ready to pass it to you, Charlize. Um, when I talked to Charlize about the book, we both said, one thing that Charlize said, she said, I read some of it, Yolanda, and I had to put it down. She said, I couldn't just sit there and take that in because it so affected her heart. And when I read it, I cried because it, it brought some things to my remembrance, but what I will never forget is that moment when I thought about the first time I met you when we worked together in a corporate, in a corporate office. I remember when you sh- shared just tiny bits of your story, just as we connected as brothers and sisters in Christ and, and connected because of course I knew Danny and anybody who knows Patrick, by the way, if within three minutes of knowing him, you gonna hear all about Danielle and that face is gonna brighten up. And I said, oh, that's who you are. You're Danielle's husband. I know who you are now. But I remember seeing that light of Christ in your life. And then to see what you went through and to still have that, again, the light on your wife's face, the light on your face, the light on your children's face, that could be nobody but God. Mm-hmm. If I didn't know God to be a healer, I have to know it now. Mm-hmm. And that And if that was the purpose of your story, well done, you yeah, know, yeah. powerful, powerful. Um, Charlotte I'm going to pass it over to you. Thank you.
0: Because <laughs> you know I've been over here writing. I so, know, right? Yeah, because I'm going to forget if I don't write it down, but it's interesting. Yes. There's a couple of things that, that I kind of want to point out. You two were obviously on different spiritual levels when you met. Mm-hmm. You know, and people need to understand in a marriage, that is highly likely. Actually, Mm -hmm. it's normal when you're on different spiritual levels Mm -hmm. and how one has to sometimes bring the other along and introduce the other person to to new things in Christ. Maybe even for the Bible, you know, to introduce them to the Bible for the first time. So we don't want to leave out also that um, your parents are ministers, Danielle. So we don't want to leave that out because that is very um important to the story it's very important to the story mm-hmm. and so i see two things because you know i read it from front to back back to front and all the way you know <laughs> in between i see two love stories also uh, specific love stories and one of the lo- love stories is the, the the love that you two share but then i also see the love story between patrick and god mm-hmm. and so to me it's it's two love stories but then there's this love story that's also there that's very, um, to me, it's very blatant, but it's also layered and hidden in certain ways. It's the love story that Patrick has with your parents, Danielle, mm-hmm. and how they have ministered to him and taken him um, in under their wing, not just as a son-in-law, but also really a, a son in ministry mm-hmm. um, or early in the story. And so, I loved that uh, that piece particularly because navigating in-law relationships is not easy. No. And there were some moments that Patrick and I talked about in the book where I really, before I ever saw a picture of your mother, Patrick, I saw her through the book. Mm -hmm. I knew exactly what she looked like. I knew exactly how she moved. I knew all of that based on how you wrote it.
2: Wow.
0: So that's, that's, that's a hand clap to you for your writing being so detailed, I could see her. And so when I saw the picture of her, I was like, that's exactly her. And so I appreciated your ability to bring a reader into that story, every level of it. Um, there's a next, a next thing that I, I saw in this too. My husband once said, when he's talking about our marriage, he says, um, she did not want the kid in me to kill the king in me Mm. and so that really triggered uh, me on that when you were talking about how danielle you know loved you through every piece of that but in so many ways she loved you into manhood she loved you into fatherhood parenthood but she loved you into that husband position and so a lot of times people i like, oh, the man's the head, the head, the head. Yes, he is. But let's not, talk, let's not forget to talk about how a wife helps to cultivate sometimes yeah. that role. And we have to be honest about that.
2: And really, um, just even speaking to that, giving safe space for you to process pain. You know what I mean? And that that's more or less how, how we've been. She gives me the space to process through pain, to deal with it. And not from um, somebody that's just sitting on the sidelines watching you go through it, but being willing to roll up her sleeves and get right there in the trenches with me. You know what I mean? And so that's what the journey really has been. It's not been Patrick against his mother. It's us trying to overcome mm-hmm. the obstacles and the turbulence of this traumatic relationship. So it wasn't, you know, and anytime I went through it, she was going through it. <laughs> she was going through it, she was feeling the pain, you know, maybe even worse. Now she has to figure out as a wife, how do I maintain my position as, as a wife to this man, but also um, not overstep boundaries as yeah, it pertains exactly. to his mother. Yes. But still protect the sanctity and the sanctuary of my mm-hmm. house. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest challenge for her, was figuring out how, where do I fit in this? And how do I balance that out? And she's done a heck of a great job with that because she figured out, <coughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give him wisdom. I'll give him a gentle response. But I think, and you can kind of speak to this, I think she trusted me because when, when we married, and especially after children, that gave me such a passion and such a, it was beyond just me. It wasn't just Patrick being roped along in this abuse, but now, Patrick, you're a priest. Now, Patrick, you're a husband, you're a father, and what you allow to happen to you, you're saying it's, it's permissible to them. Oh, oh. and so and mm. so and so with that I think Danielle noticed that kind of in me and noticed that something shifted at some point and it did shift to where I didn't just allow I, I didn't allow life to just happen to me but I realized I had to happen to it mm. and yeah. in doing so she had to trust me enough to trust that I was gonna make the right decisions for our household and that she would be able to come alongside me and hold up my arms and support, you know, whatever decision I made as it pertained to those Mm -hmm. traumatic relationships. You know, and so I think that was the challenge, the challenge, and you can speak to it. I think that was the challenge for her.
1: Danielle, what are your thoughts on that? I'm interested. And I also kind of want to know too, you, the pa- the the in-law relationship, I guess in love would be. I love that term when they say parents in love because I feel like you all have such a great relationship. I remember um, watching the the uh, book signing when you did the videos, and I remember uh, looking at um, looking at your parents who I think are so sweet, like saying, "Pat, we're so proud of you," and you know, hearing her voice, uh, your beautiful mother, your beautiful parents. How did they find their way into this situation without it becoming a thing, you know, because some in-laws don't know how to navigate these kinds of things. How do you think that worked? How did you all become such a great team?
0: Um, Well,
2: (laughs) (laughs) she's like, well, (laughs) It it was really, really organic.
0: But was like, it? Okay. our
2: relationship before they knew anything about me and my mom and what we were going through we had a relationship gotcha and it was super organic so they would not introduce to patrick this son who is in this tumultuous relationship with his mother okay. they were just introduced to patrick okay and we had a it was really organic like my first meeting her mom meeting her dad it was like we knew each other forever and ever and ever and okay. they welcomed me right in and um I'll let you talk, because I'll go on and on and on. Go,
0: Because
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful story. You know, it's <laughs> one of those things. And I, and I know that whole, and I call it the in-law syndrome, because a lot of families yes. go through that, where you've got in-laws and families fighting and combating. <laughs> we just didn't have to <clears throat> do that. And crazy enough, even as um, vi- volatile as my mother was, deep down inside, she knew Danielle was the one. Yeah. Okay. She knew she was the one.
1: I wondered about that yeah. too.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can go ahead and talk.
0: <laughs> <Y'all shut laughs>
2: let me, let me visit. So
0: um it was not easy. Um, there were a lot of times where I questioned my sanity <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> it was yeah. it was a lot. Um and I I questioned why I was going through it. I questioned why I stayed. I questioned why I allowed it, you know. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I loved Patrick. Mm -hmm. But even past that, I trusted Patrick. That's good. good. I trusted him. I was safe. I felt safe with him. Even when we had blowouts Mm -hmm. in front of him with his mom and I'm there like oh my god what is going on he always protected me he mm-hmm. always made sure I was safe and I never mm-hmm. felt like I would be hurt if he was around and mm-hmm. so because I had that safety and that trust in him it was kind of the glue to our relationship and I tell people that all the time for a relationship to work you gotta know <clears> at least <the throat> today that you ain't going nowhere And I ain't going nowhere either. So let's sit down and figure this thing out. And that's really just what it's been from day one. It's crazy. I don't understand it. (laughs) I I may be afraid at times, but I ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. So we just got to sit down and figure this thing out. And that same trust that I had in him, my parents had in me. They didn't really know Patrick. And they, you know, they did love Patrick, they did, but they knew that he was in, once they figured it out, and once I told him about it, <laughs> it was kind of like, okay, now we like, her, we like him, but the minute you feel unsafe, you know, you need to let us know, but we trust him because you trust him. That's it. That's good. Yes. And that's, that's really it. where my parents was, um, and they wanted to help, they wanted to help Patrick, and Patrick knew that. Um, but a lot of it he it, it was him having to reach out and tell us you know how can we help pat you know what what do we need to do and he was let mm-hmm. my parents know and and they would be johnny on the spot you know so from day one and this we we went together for a long time we were together six months and then we were married you know what oh, oh i didn't know I that no, So
2: maybe. it wasn't like it wasn't let, hold on let me clear this up Wow. No, I
0: don't.
2: (laughs) We go through this every year. We met, we met in, 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 in BV. We met in August. We officially started dating October 1st. Okay. We were engaged November 15th. We were married December 15th. Okay.
0: Okay. Five months, excuse me. Instead of six, it was five. August, September,
2: but since we wasn't dating, well, I mean, we in the spirit, we was. I'm
0: talking about the
1: day that hello to you, met you in college. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Oh, she said, Met, she said, Met, she's See, talking you. about since
2: we met. Okay, yes. Yes.
1: yes,
2: yes, don't be
0: bringing out the new mask on her, she's it not doing say, it. Nope, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes it even crazier to me. The day we said hello. Oh, six months later we were married yes you know what I mean like it took wow a lot of faith and a lot of trust and we
2: went through- but we went through
0: hell, hell it in those months. little six months that's, <laughs> that's, powerful.
2: that's the that's thing powerful. is that you know um it, it what it, the stuff that we went through is things people will go through in a 10-year span right <laughs> we so yours through, was
0: condensed it was con-
2: <laughs> seriously yeah. it was
0: condensed yeah. It was, and
2: it was like okay, we in this thick.
0: (laughs) And it all centered around... All the, yeah it was and all, all the trauma
1: okay so let me make a clarification here because i think this is really powerful what y'all say again you all are bringing so much to the table more married couples need to hear what y'all have to say i hope that an opportunity will open for you all to talk to more married couples in the future so you all from the day from hello to marriage was about a five to six month period mm-hmm. um how long have you been married now 14 years. You've been married for 14 years. Do you, when did, how far into the marriage did you have your first child? (laughs) He was
2: a honeymoon baby.
1: Amen. (laughs) Honeymoon babies. Okay. So, so everything happened really like in a pretty compressed amount of time. So in thinking about that and in thinking about uh, these kind of parameters that people put on marriage, like, oh, you need to have this length of a courtship and this length. Would you all say that it's probably more important to really follow the relationship than to try to place those parameters.
2: Amen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, what you agree with that?
0: Yeah, and if you're trying to do it God's way, right, right, right. You know, if you and we got to, do it God's to God's way, got to. Too much. You know, you can't hug for too long. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm just being real. You know, you want to do uh-huh. God's way, and I was saving myself, and I had made a vow, uh-huh. Lord. Amen. You know, this one came along and tried to break all that up. So Danny, so Danny, you saying that
1: Patrick, <laughs> wait a minute, you saying that Mr. Easley had looked cute when you had looked it at him? He, he, he looked, looked it.
0: He, <laughs> he, he looked it a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> you know, he, he looked it when <laughs> 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 he turns to side. He looked it. He looked it. But he couldn't sing. Because bless. I bless bless. Him. Him. was trying to sing. When he was trying to sing,
2: over oh, oh, my tank top and my jacket pants on <laughs>
1: now you let now you let her have the singing though you remember the first thing you gave me was one of her CDs at work you said here you go because I think I was having a bad day at work he came in one day he said here's my wife's new single oh, wow. and I didn't to it it was beautiful absolutely beautiful but yeah he knows who the singer is <laughs> yes we do this is great I
0: told him I said every time I read that I, I would just start chuckling <laughs> Because I could see him up there trying his best, and just yes. worth it just wasn't working. Yeah, and I was right. like, "Lord,
2: and here come this little whisper." Not your gift. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: okay.
2: Right. Thank you feed me words.
0: Let me yeah. Let me you the it.
1: temptation they threw out, oh,
2: <laughs> the
0: one they asked to leave. Yes. So let me switch gears a little bit. Um, Love it. We're, we're talking about the marriage piece, but now I want to want to get into like specifics of the book because that's part of good. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's part of what, what we're doing today is you know to making sure people get to your story, right? So there were some very intense and emotional pieces that you had to relive. Can you talk about that? Ooh,
2: yes. Um, a lot of times when I went through those um moments and really just grieving and reliving and even moving back here to Chicago and kind of just driving in certain areas, um, healing, but allowing myself to really get to the debris, okay, because it was like I'd, I'd already started the journey of healing, I'd already grieved over these things, but then now it was time to scrape up the debris and make sure that there's no remnants left over, and so I allowed myself to go to literally drive, and so the video, the trailer that I put together was literally the house that I grew up in, the street that, when I talk about in the book, we would go uh, walk up 87th street and and late at night, mom's not home, my brother's dragging me and my little brother down the street. That was literally the street that I was driving down was literally the street that we would walk down almost every other night. Um, And I allowed myself to just go back to those places and sit in it. But when I first started my journey in healing, I literally did little activities where I would sit and I would write down, you know, what do you love about your life? What do you wish was better? You know, what do you wish, uh, how do you wish your mom was versus how your mom actually is? And where do you fit into that? So I would just do all these little different things. And I just remember one night and I had such a, I learned how to just kind of skate through life just performing. You know, I just learned how to show up. I was performing my duties and performing, them, you know, what I think to be well as a husband and as a father, but inside broken, inside completely broken. Um, And so used to patching things together. So used to just making it work to get through that moment or to get through that season or that year or whatever. And um, I literally said, I remember one night sitting in our office and I was doing one of those activities And up to that point, I hadn't allowed myself to just cry. It was like, I was just still numb. I was still trying to feel it. I was still trying to find that grief and find it because I had become so sort of callous hearted where I kind of created a wall and it was like, you can't penetrate that wall and I'm not letting anything get beyond that wall. This is just where it is. And so I find I closed the door. It was late at night and I boo-hoo-hooed. And when I say I cried, I cried till my eyes were almost swollen shut. And it was from that point forward that it really became real to me. And it moved from a place of me just telling my story, you know, and I even talk about that in a book, telling it and being just stiff and being numb and not feeling it to now I can feel those emotions. I, I was able to feel those emotions again. I was able to go back to those places and identify, okay, this is where you this this is where you've been broken. This is where, you know, there's certain parts of myself that I gotten so used to living with. Yeah. That I made normal And now, and even now I'm still unpacking every, I mean, I'm still unpacking stuff and I'm like, oh, I could probably tweak that a little bit. I could probably up the ante on that, maybe reduce that a little bit. You know, just still finding areas for growth and for development and for awareness. That was the biggest thing for me was awareness because until you're fully aware of who you are, until you're fully aware of how you're showing up, you're gonna always be on the defense. You're gonna always have weapons up You're always going to have them drawn, you know, and so when Danielle was talking about earlier, um, really having to learn not to bring everything to me because I wasn't aware yet. She was aware of things about me that I wasn't aware about myself. And so it's hard to penetrate that, that, to penetrate um, uh, uh, the heart of somebody who's not aware of how they're showing up. or or not aware of the parts of them that's broken and fractured. And so it also got to a point to where she had to realize that she couldn't be my mama anymore, Mm. that she couldn't fill the voids of, you know, she she couldn't fill those voids. And she had to be very candid about that. And I had to be very candid about it as well. Some of the things that you're expecting from your wife are really things you needed in your mama. And she can't give you what your mama should have gave you. And you have to be okay with that. So that was part of that grieving process for me, was realizing that the expectation that I had for my mom, and even the expectation that I started to to cast on her, was a part of me that I needed to release. And I needed to be okay with the fact that your mom didn't give you this, or that you weren't, you know, she she didn't show up in this way in your life. But God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but God. So, a lot of the things that I was seeking that I felt like I needed, God had already provided. Yes. And I needed to become aware of that and tap like into that. the treasure that was hidden on the inside of me. That trauma, you know, mm. and, and then the, there comes those layers. And, and, and it's just this, this new awakening and this new awareness of realizing, man, you ain't been showing up completely. You ain't been showing up. You know, you think you've been showing up. It looks like you've been showing up, but mm-hmm. inwardly, bro, you're not showing up. Ooh. Inwardly, you're desponding in some areas. You know, and so yeah. Speak to speak
1: to the I'm men, doing. Patrick. Speak to the men about that. I don't think you can let that moment pass without speaking to men because I'm as you're saying what you're saying, I'm thinking of three, four, five different men, six, seven different uh, men that I know who are in that same space, especially when you said you had to be able to look at your wife and realize that Danny could not be all in all to you. She could yes. not do that because she was still human. She still had these things, needs. She still had whatever it was. She, she wasn't that that perfect person you needed because none of us are, because God is supposed to be that. But speak to the men who are feeling that way. Where How do they get there? Where do they start? What, what does that look like for men?
2: It starts <clears throat> with men being okay with being hurt. Mm. yeah it starts with men being okay with saying i'm hurt not i'm angry not you piss me off Mm -hmm. not you know it it starts with men being okay with letting your guards down and saying i'm hurt i'm disappointed i'm sad this this really hurt my feelings this really i'm afraid we don't like to say when we're afraid men acknowledging i'm afraid i'm afraid of abandonment You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so a lot of that even played in is that I put all my eggs into her basket. Mm -hmm. And so she had to carry that weight. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got to do this right. And I got to do that right. This right, I got to do that. And it was like, I was putting pressure on her. That was really the pain of my mama. That was really those mother wounds that needed to be healed up. And Mm -hmm. so then you have all these um expectations these unwarranted expectations these crazy expectations that you're putting all of that on the back of one person to be mama to be wife to be mom to be and on top of all the 10 million hats that she's wearing by herself you know and so for, for men I would just encourage every man to give yourself permission Give yourself permission to hurt. Give yourself permission to Mm. not be on. Because that was one of my problems that I always felt like I had to be on all the time. And if I wasn't on, then that meant I was If I wasn't on, if I wasn't performing, if I wasn't doing what everybody thought I should do, you know, and as men, I say in the book, you know, society expects that we are to, what? Provide, create, you know, -hmm. And that we just suppose that that we are that we exclusively do those things, but we're never given the space to be emotional beings. Mm. You know, it starts real young. You know, you on a football field or you running around, you playing outside, you fall down, scab your knee, you run in, tell mama, tell daddy, ah, you, I get up, slap on the butt, go back outside and act like nothing ever happened. Right. You know what I mean? And so it starts there and it mm-hmm. teaches men that it's not OK to be hurt, that it's not OK to be sad, that it's not OK to be afraid of this bully who's bullying me. But I better go outside and I better beat him up. And if I don't beat him up, then I'm going to get in trouble because I didn't beat up the bully. You mm. know what I mean? So we teach these types of things early on. And then we wonder why when men are in their 20s and in their 30s, why they're so um, detached. Why they're so detached, why they're so apathetic is because we've not given them the space to walk in empathy, to feel Mm. their most subjective emotions. And so that's really the goal of the book is really to just give space and not Mm. just for men, but for sons and daughters, young and old, you know, because there's a lot of folks who who are seasoned, the seasoned saints who were never given because they, they, they had to learn how to perform. You right. know, you just did what they said do. Don't ask no questions. Go through it. Get uh, Go through the rape. Go through the molestation. Ooh. Go through the emotional abuse. Go through the demeaning. You go through all of that through the degrading, and you nice. just chalk it up, and you perform, and you be the best, you know, whatever you need to be. And then you're in your 70s and 80s and wonder why you're bitter. And oh. wonder why you, 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 you're not happy with your life and don't know your purpose. By the time you're 80 years old, still trying to figure out, why God put you on the earth. And so the goal with the book is really just to give space and to help give language and to give okay. a path for those who are in these types of situations, mm. um, whether any type of emotional abuse, it doesn't just have to be from a, a parent or whatever, no. any type of emotional abuse, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's it all feels the same. Yes. Wow. You, you, it it all feels mm. the same. It's that same message of rejection, that same message of <clears> that same message of I'm not enough. That same mm-hmm. message of I don't have a place of belonging. I mm-hmm. have individuality. Um, so all of those things. Powerful. Yes. yes. Powerful.
0: So Danielle, there's two scenes in the book that I actually want you to respond to because Patrick, I'm pretty sure he knows which two I'm gonna talk about. Because those were the times when we were reading, line by line, his book. Mm-hmm. And those were moments when he would say, I need a minute. Mm-hmm. And i will be like, I'm going to give you that minute because I need a minute too. Because they were so emotional. And you you keep talking about men and you you didn't say one thing. It's okay for men to cry too. Yeah. It's okay yes. for men to cry. It's okay for men to cry. And so we, we definitely need to make sure... That um, we need to remove the stigma of the tears. It doesn't mean you're soft.
2: That was that was kind of an aha moment for me too, when I really started to get it together with Christ. I was very comfortable in, in the space of crying and worship. But yes. I was still, there was still a part of me that was afraid to cry in woundedness, that yes. was afraid to cry in pain that was afraid to cry, so I was cool with it in worship, but when you start pulling those layers and getting me to them places, it's going to be, it's anger, it's, yes. it's detachment, and so I had to learn how to sit in those places, and how to let my heart do the talking versus my head.
0: That's it, and, and Daniel, I want to ask you, there's a scene in, in the book, I say scene because I already know where we're going with this, Patrick, when we talk about this, anyway, so where he goes and he basically lays down at the church when you read that what was your reaction i just felt like it was a moment of deliverance and freedom yes even when he was experiencing it i didn't at the time i didn't know where he had went but i knew that he was having an encounter with the almighty god you know i knew that he was having that moment of just returning to the savior or experiencing God on a whole nother level. And I knew from that moment on, he would never be the same. I knew that. So I was, I was happy for him. I knew that he had kind of literally experienced breakthrough yes. you know, and he was embodying, or that was the display of breakthrough, you know, um, physically seeing him break through and, and, and be, uh, break free from that that hold that hold that was on his life so I was elated because I knew that it was no nothing but up up from there amen amen and so there's another scene it's a whole chapter it's grace yeah Yeah. grace I'm telling you that right there it took Patrick and I a while to get through that chapter (laughs) my favorite chapter we both were like whoo lord It wasn't my mother yeah but I felt that I felt every emotion of the the, I I could see it so vividly
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I could see all of it Mm -hmm. and that was the Mm -hmm. chapter that it took me the longest to read Mm -hmm. because I had to stop I had to gather myself and so Danielle when you read that because Mm -hmm. you weren't there no you weren't there So when you read that, your mother was there for pieces of it because of of her job being a nurse. Mm -hmm. But what was your response and your feeling? It just, it just, it just all makes sense. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when you finally finish a puzzle and you're like, okay, I didn't know where that piece was going to go or where that came from. But when you put it all together, Mm-hmm. It makes sense, you know. So some of those things that I wondered about, where does this come from? Or where did he get that from? Or you know, and I'm praying and I'm praying. And then he tells me his story,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I'm just like, my mama. All makes sense. Yes. <laughs> it all comes together, you know. Um, and the grace of God. I tell Patrick all the time. You know, he's so hard on himself. He's always mm-hmm. really hard on himself. But I tell him like. You are a miracle. Mm. (laughs) You are a walking, talking miracle. And you don't even realize it. You know, I think he's definitely coming into that awareness now. But I'm like, you are so hard. You know, you shouldn't even be like sitting upright and and got Mm. half a bit of mind that you got. And and fathering. Nobody taught you how to be a father. how you Uh, father. Nobody taught you how to be a husband. And look at how you... You know that. he's just a, a, a miracle he mm. really is so. yes and before i get to these round robin questions patrick i got to to give it give you your props about when we were going through the book I said, <clears throat> Patrick, i your story's gonna hit a lot of people mm-hmm. and so you started to talk about your granny and you stopped in the middle of us editing your <laughs> book and you said wait a minute i need to go in there And ask my granny if she minds me telling her business on this (laughs) part. And so, can you really speak to which was, which is also another type of love story (laughs) in the book? Okay. How much your grandmother loved you and you love her. So, can you just speak to that love story? her Let's, grandbaby because she did a lot of walking to get you a whole lot. all of that
2: yeah I, I don't ever remember a time of her not being around mm-hmm. um she was she <coughs> my grandmother mothered me she 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 mothered me mm-hmm. um you know I grew up I was around her on weekends, she come and I, you know, I talk about that in a book, which is what you just alluded to. Um, She would get off from work. She worked downtown Chicago, strenuous job, get off at five o'clock. She'd get on the bus from, imagine this, from let's say 14th Street, downtown Chicago, and then have to catch a bus, the city bus, all the way to the 90th block of the south side of Chicago. Then walk several blocks in the dark under this little creepy Vidoc, which I think that's in the trailer as well, under this viaduct, um, to not only come pick me up, but to gather my clothes, pack my clothes, make sure I've got clean clothes to put in the bag. Many times they weren't, and she'd have to take them home and wash them and, you know, all these different types of things, but it was almost like, and I tell her to this day that when God created her, he had me in mind, um, so if you ever wonder what God has put you here for, it was for me. Um, my grandmother is my angel. Mm-hmm. She is the one that God assigned to my life to help counter many of those negative messages. Um, you know, for for children who go through situations like this, who are raised in tra- under traumatic circumstances like this, you either go one of two ways. You know, you could probably speak to this, Yolanda you're either gonna go a complete self-sabotaging, rebellious way, or you're gonna become an overachiever. And so my grandmother, and, and but the internal message is the same on both sides. There's still that, that emptiness, there's still um, that lack of, of belonging, there's still um, even in some cases where you self abandon internally, you know? And so my grandmother really helped counter a lot of those negative messages that I received at home. And so that's the only reason how I escaped and ended up on the path that I'm on compared to maybe my my other siblings, you know, we went different paths. Um, And so, but the message was still the same. We were all still broken. We were all still, you know, um, uh, 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 bruised, you know, traumatized and we just went different paths, and my grandmother was the, was the only reason why um, I was able to, I feel like, even recognize that, okay, something's wrong here, (laughs) because I'm at her house on the weekend, and then I'm here, and I'm like, uh, but I also knew internally the spiritual depths of what was going on, which is, it's, it's, Hard to really articulate, like I knew I'll never forget when I was in eighth eighth grade, um I was living with my grandmother, of course, and my mother had written a letter, and it i mean I cried after reading the letter. it was horrible, and um, I responded, and I got red ink, and I said, I'm gonna write it in red ink for the blood of Jesus, <laughs> but that was just kind of that immaturity, but I knew the spiritual um I knew the depths and the layers of, of what, what I was up against spiritually, too. And that may be a part two, I don't know. But it, it, it was beyond just the mental illness and beyond just a, there were some other things at work and at play. Um, and so just being with my grandmother really helped me. She was Jesus on display she was Jesus on display, you know, I, I saw the hard, the hardcore toughness of my parents, and the fighting, and the, all of those different things, I knew how to, I say in the book, I learned with my parents how to fight with my fist, and how to fight with my tongue, but through my grandmother, I learned how to fight quietly.
0: Amen, amen, I appreciated that, so we're getting to our round robin closing questions, and so um, I'm going to start with you, Danielle, they're just going to be random. okay so what is your favorite worship song right now oh my gosh Ooh wee! <laughs> um right now i feel like every it's almost like every couple weeks gotta put a new song that just kind of sticks with me um but there's a simple one that i've been singing lately i don't even know the name i think it's just called worthy is the lamb um I think uh, Bethel does it. It's just, it's re- it's a one-line mm. song. Yeah, sing it. <laughs> That's right, like Patrick. Tell her, give, give us one line. Come on. It's really so It's just worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Sing that about 20 times. About the, about the 17th time. You're going to be under the chair somewhere. <laughs> but it only takes me about three. <laughs> the people next to me in the car, what's wrong with her? Come and get some of this. That's why I tell you. you, know, yes. you know. yes. yes. That was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So Patrick, who are your ministry mentors? My
2: mm-hmm. ministry mentors? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. My in-laws <laughs> are my mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I learned, in it's, that's a whole other conversation <laughs> of what church isn't.
0: <laughs> Come on. What uh, church a word.
2: isn't? Um, that's a word. <laughs> listen, I, I've gleaned so much from their table and just watching them do church, be the church, be the hands and the feet of Jesus in the earth. Um, it really helped even meeting them dispel a lot of the church myths that we have, you know, that more is, is, is where God is, the bigger it is, and the more grand it is, Mm -hmm. the more evident is that God is with it, and so just learning from them what ministry really looks like in the earth Mm -hmm. versus across a pulpit. Yeah,
0: so I'm going to ask both of you all, because I see a bookshelf behind you, what do you read for spiritual nourishment and growth? What's on your bookshelf?
2: Bible. That's the book for me. <laughs> no, I have these books and I, I reference them every now and again, with depending on what it is that I'm I'm really studying or whatever. But literally, the Bible.
0: <laughs> hey, I. That's it. Uh, that's it. I don't think I have like a certain book that I use but I know when I study I like to everything's online now so you don't even really grab a book most days <laughs> but I use like online commentaries I really like yes. to different mm-hmm. perspectives of things and interpretations and then of course through prayer and stuff but I, I really like to reference different commentaries thank you mm-hmm. so I'm gonna start with Daniel, on this question, if you could go back in time and meet someone, who would it be? Oh man. Oh Jesus. Uh, um this might be kind of cliche, but let's let's see what Harriet got to say. Let's, <laughs> let's talk to Harriet Tubman. I just okay. want to okay. that's a strong woman. Just give me some tips, Harriet. Come on. <clears throat> I mean, that's some strength right there. <laughs> All right, Patrick, what
2: about you? My great grandparents.
0: Okay. You know, okay.
2: Great grandparents. I would love to go back and see who they were uh and really see where it all started, where a lot of the the um trauma even started, the roots of it. Um yeah, I would be really curious. Are
0: you talking about on your mother's side? On my mom's side. On your mom's side. Okay, okay. So this is one last question. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to turn it over to Yolanda to close us out. If you were to give a young married couple advice about marriage, the good, the bad, the ugly, the whatever, <coughs> what would it be?
2: Ooh, that's a lot we can say. Um, communication. I know everybody says that, but it, it's real communication because it's not just a verbal thing it's it's the nonverbals it's the bidding it's the it's the being able to recognize when you need to shut up and when you need to when you need to speak um you know just communicating and being <clears throat> willing to be authentic with each other to be transparent um to hear actively listening mm-hmm okay active listening versus listening I, I know for me and as men we we like to fix stuff so you tell me something's wrong I'm immediately trying to figure out how I'm gonna fix it but really you just need me to hear you yes you know so really just yeah. um being in the moment and and tuning things out actively listening. so if that means I gotta put my cell phone down get off Facebook for a moment if that means got to shut down my my laptop or whatever to hear you and be in the moment then that's what I'm going to do it comes down to communication and mutual valuing that's good cool. I
0: hope my husband's not watching because he <laughs> say something to me about my cell phone so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm done Yolanda you got it
1: Girl. Da- Danielle do you have anything like uh,
0: that you might oh, say <clears throat> yes um I was told something so profound and deep when we first got together <laughs> by some friends uh, that were young couples just like that, just like us. And all she said was, it gets better. I promise. It gets better. That's good. And I held on to that. And you know what? It did get better. So I would encourage encourage another young couple, it gets better. I promise. Right. you. Yeah, well. It
2: did.
0: I like
1: that. I like that because, I mean, it just reminds me that, you know, sometimes I know the the older folks say, you know, my parents have been married for 44 years, 43 years, Mm -hmm. and they always say, you know, young folk quit for everything. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear you say it gets better, it's just that reminder. If you don't quit, if you just keep going, you know, it gets better. Even if you're driving through a storm, if you stop in the storm, you got to sit there while, while the rain falls. But if you keep going, at some point, you're going to be looking back at that storm. So I think that was awesome advice. I just want to say to both of you all sincerely, this has been an amazing show. We couldn't have guessed what you all would have brought to the table. I'm going to keep it 100. Half the stuff that I would have said to you all that I had down on my famous paper, I didn't even say because you all were just so profound. And what you brought to the table and what you, um, the the jewels that you dropped on us were just amazing. And I'm so glad uh, that you all were open to do this. I'm, I'm just praising God for who you are as people, Um, for both of you, for Danielle and for Pat. I think you guys are amazing. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what God does with you all. The thing that I love the most is that you're just so genuine at all times. You never change, you're always the same. And so I, I just want you guys to know that I'm really proud of you all. And I consider you all brother and sister in Christ. So glad that we had you here today. Um, before we do our complete closeout, Patrick, do you want to just tell folks where they can get the book? I really want people. I want yes. people to get the book.
2: <laughs> I'd like to give away a copy of the book. Um, oh wow! That's awesome. Yeah, let me give away a couple copies of the book um, to those that okay. are on the feed. I don't know how you all want to do that. Okay. Random selection. Uh, if, you, if you're if you watching or if you're going to catch the replay, if you want a copy of the book, you can't afford it or whatever, feel free to inbox me directly. Uh, Patrick nice. Easley is my name. Uh, you can purchase the book, though, at www.patrickreasley.com dot com. Don't forget the R. Patrick R. Easley, and that's E A S L E Y dot com. Um, mm-hmm. That's my website. Or you can just go directly to Amazon and purchase it. The title of the book is "Make Her Love Me: A Son's Battle with Narcissism and Abandonment." You'll type it in. I don't think there's any other "Make Me Make Her Love Me" books out there. That's the only <laughs> one. Okay, uh, so you can't miss it. so you can get it on Kindle and paperback.
1: Very cool. So thank you all so much. I just want to shout out our listening audience and our audience on Facebook Live. Thank you all so much for joining us today. um, As we continue to shape our dialogue around real life issues and real talk solutions, please like and follow. Like and follow our social media pages on Facebook and on YouTube. And also listen to our podcast, which you can hear on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast and Spotify. And don't forget that Patrick was gracious enough to say that he would give out at least two copies of our book uh, of his book, I assume it would be first come first serve. So just send him an inbox and let him know you want a copy of the book. um First come first serve. It's Patrick Easley on Facebook. Just send him an inbox. um So thank you all so much. Join us next time as we strive to be authentic, be trans- be transparent, and be inspired. Thank you all so much.
0: Thank you, thank you all so much. <laughs> That's the best.